It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine, and today is Free Advice Friday, the day that I take your questions and your calls. And you can talk to me about anything you'd like uh, about narcissistic abuse, about your issues, or share something you'd like to share. And if you'd like to call in, the number is 424 220 1801. That's 424-220-1801. You can only call in while the show is live, which it is right now. Uh, I do the show live and then it goes to recording. So once it's recorded, you won't be able to call in. But um, anytime during this hour, if you'd like to call in and ask a question, I would be happy to answer it. Um, A couple of things. Well, first of all, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, the Narcissistic Abuse Comprehensive Guide to Healing and Recovery, is about to be released in its second edition. And uh, I expect that to be released probably end of October, beginning of November. Um, This book is going to have the latest research on narcissistic abuse, uh, three additional chapters, and it will be available in paperback, digital, and audio. So if you've enjoyed this book and it's so dog-eared and broken (laughs) that um, you need a new one, this is a perfect time. Um, The cover is updated. It looks really great. And you'll be able to get that on Amazon. If you would like to get on the mailing list so that you will be notified when it's out, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. And say, please add me to the mailing list, and I will be happy to send you a notification when it is out. I think you'll really enjoy it. There's, um, I've made several changes within the book. I've updated information based on what I've learned in the last couple of years since it's been originally published. And um, it has been endorsed by six of the top people in this field. So you know you're getting quality. I also wanted to tell you that I will be attending a conference this weekend about parental alienation. And I plan to learn a lot about this that I'll be able to share with you. So hopefully next month when I do the October show, which will be, let's see, second Friday of October is October 7th. When I do the October 7th show, hopefully I will have some new things to share with you about parental alienation to help you navigate this horrendous, torturous process. Again, if you'd like to call in, the number is 424-220-1801. Or feel free to just listen. Um, Every month, I will do this show the second Friday of the month at 11 a.m. Eastern. 
And um, that number, keep that number because you can always call in. So save up your questions and you can ask them. If for some reason you won't be able to call into the live show, you can always email me your question and I will read it on air. Um, Again, that email is loveyourlife at randyfine.com. And Randy is always spelled with a knife. So today I'm going to be giving you answers to the top five most commonly asked narcissistic abuse questions that um, I get from clients who reach out to me. And it's pretty much without fail that every single client asks these same questions. So I thought, you know, if you haven't reached out to me on a one-to-one level, you might like to get the answers to these questions. So the first one is, am I a narcissist? Every single person who has been abused by a narcissist, all right, let me say 99%, maybe not every single person, but 99% of the people who contact me want to know if they are, in fact, a narcissist. Okay. Um, Sorry, I was just hearing a noise in the background and I need to silence that. Okay. All right. So, Um, are you a narcissist? All right. When you ask that question, um, you're referring, you're referring to narcissistic personality disorder. Okay. Because to be a narcissist, we all have narcissistic qualities. All of us. It's nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed of. Um, having narcissistic qualities means that you have an ego and that's really, I mean, that's part of the human experience is having an ego. So I would say, yeah, there may be things about yourself that you, you know, may think are really special or I I don't really know, but that's different than having narcissistic personality disorder. And narcissistic personality disorder forms in childhood. So it would not have been something you would have picked up in your adulthood. Um, If you're asking yourself that question and you have had a very abusive childhood, and you have no empathy, and you have no ability to love, then I would say, well, it's very possible. But most of you have more than their share of empathy, and you are very loving people. You are able to love. The narcissist cannot love. It is impossible, absolutely impossible. If you've been in a relationship with told you that they loved you, ask yourself this. Do, do, their, do they demonstrate love? Are they saying it or are they demonstrating it? And is it consistent? Because loving somebody means that they love you unconditionally. You don't have to jump through hoops to earn praise or acceptance. So are you a narcissist? Um, I seriously doubt it. But the reason that people think they are is because there are traits that narcissists have that abuse survivors will also have. Um, What are some of those traits? Well, for one, you may have anger issues. You may be quick to anger. A lot of what I'm going to tell you now is not really a... um, It's not really behavior, it's reaction. 
And there's a big difference, okay? Because the narcissist gets angry and rages. That's their behavior. If you are reacting to your buttons being pushed or being in a pressure cooker situation where um, you can't do anything but like scream like a banshee because you're so frustrated, if that's the kind of anger you're talking about, that is solicited anger. That is not your behavior. That is a response to being abused. Um, a lot of people will say to me, well, I really feel like, you know, I don't want to be around anybody. I don't really like people. I don't feel safe around other people. And uh, maybe I'm just narcissistic. No, you're not. That's actually, actually um, very common. I think we all isolate when we've been abused by a narcissist because it's really the only place we feel safe after having been, having endured this horrendous abuse. Um, it's, um, you know, it, it's very common. Actually, it's, it's very healthy for you when you get out of um, a narcissistic abuse issue or situation, I mean, to want to isolate and to be alone. Um, there are so many other things. I'm trying to think of what people ask me. Um, maybe if you have a question, you can call in and ask me. But um, I'm going to move forward in this, with this question until I think of something else. If I think of more, I will um, tell you what they are. But the truth, the truth is that there's a difference between reacting to pathological behavior and having the behavior yourself. So if you're asking yourself, are you a narcissist? Then that's the question to ask yourself. Do you do this with anyone else but your narcissist? Are you being pushed to the point of reaction? Is your behavior the same behavior that you would have exhibited prior to meeting this person. So a lot of you will change. Um, you are also brainwashed. And so your responses are not necessarily your own. They feel like your own because when you're brainwashed, you don't know the difference. You absolutely do not. You won't know that you're brainwashed. The only way that you'll eventually figure it out is when you lose your identity, you lose yourself, you lose any kind of self-esteem. And then you realize that the person that you're with or the family you grew up in has done nothing but beat you down. That's when you might figure out that you've been brainwashed. Um, also, if you're finding it very hard to leave an abuser, chances are you've been brainwashed. And, you know, the narcissist can do this very quickly. If this isn't something that takes weeks or months to do. It can be done in a day. Narcissists are brilliant in this way. They can do these things to our minds that we could never imagine doing to anybody else. Uh, and it's a brilliance that we don't want to have because we don't want to hurt other people. It's why narcissists don't usually physically abuse. Some of them do but the majority of them don't. 
and they don't have to physically abuse. What they do to your mind is far worse. And it is everlasting until you get help and have that brainwashing changed till somebody can help you change the way that you think and get rid of that kind of programming. So are you a narcissist? If you're listening to the show, either you know you are one because you've done nothing but abuse people in your life, or you've been the victim and survivor of one or more narcissists. The second question is, what, respons- what responsibility do I have in the abusive relationship? Let's first talk about being a child of a narcissistic parent. You were born a perfectly normal, healthy child who in any other family, I should say any other normal family without these major pathologies going on, um, you would have been a very different person because you would have been given the tools for living, boundaries, self-esteem, self-love, self-validation, goals, you know, all the kind of things that you need. And you would have had the opportunity to go through the stages of individuation as you were changing from infant to young adult, you would have had the opportunity to go through those stages. And with a narcissistic parent, you don't. The reason you don't is because it's every narcissist's goal to capture hostages and to take them hostage for lifetime or however long they want you for, really. Sometimes it's not forever. Sometimes they have a there's an expiration date on how long they want you for that. But parents want you forever. They think when they give birth to you, they own you. And you are theirs forever. So do you have any responsibility in this relationship? Well, some people say, well, I wasn't perfect. I was not a perfect child. I did things. Once again, just like I was talking about in question one, am I a narcissist? Your behavior was in response to abuse. It's very different. This is not who you were. It was in response to abuse. Children who grow up in these environments have different ways of handling it. Some get very quiet and reclusive. Some rebel. And the only reason you rebel is because you can't grow up normally. You can't pull away in a healthy way that other kids your age can pull away. You want to start becoming an individual. You start wanting to separate from the parent. And it is during these times that the parent gets worse. They make your life miserable because they feel you pulling away, and how dare you pull away? They own you. You're not allowed to do that. So you can't do it in a natural, normal way. You have to do it in a rebellious or maybe even dangerous way. Many children of narcissistic abuse will go through that stage. 
some don't. Some just stay passive, very passive for the entire time, and that's how they enter into their adulthood and into all their adult relationships. But whether or not that happens, children, it is understood by every normal parent that children are not perfect, that children make mistakes, that children act out, that children have tantrums, that they talk back, that there's times where they say, I hate you. (laughs) This is normal. And a normal parent that's not narcissistic knows this. And they help the child navigate these kind of stages that they go through. They teach them how to deal with life. And they help them grow so that when they get to be adults, they are free and they can soar in life. And they have all the tools that they need to grow up. So whatever you've done under the constraints of narcissistic parent or a family that suffers from narcissistic personality disorder in any way, you have no responsibility. You were a complete victim. You were born into a family where you had no options. And children, only they're very limited in what they can understand. And how they can respond to those things that they understand. So children are going to react in ways that piss off the parents. I raised two children. I mean, come on, my kids were wonderful, but they got punished. They did things wrong. I understood that. I understood that it was my job to help them grow from these things. I knew they were going to make mistakes. I knew that they were going to maybe not navigate very well in certain regards. And I was there to help them, not hold them responsible for that. Of course, if they knew better, then they were held responsible for it. But but what I'm saying is children in these families are acting out, number one, because they're children. Children don't come here perfect. (laughs) It takes us years and years to get it right, to grow. And we learn and we grow from making mistakes. So if you're being raised by a narcissistic parent, that's not allowed. Children are not allowed to make mistakes. They're not not allowed to do anything wrong. But that's ridiculous because all children do. So I want you to understand that if you're looking back and you're going, well, I wasn't, they weren't the perfect parent, but I wasn't the perfect child. That's your answer. Of course you were not a perfect child. No child is the perfect child. And if you did things that you're looking back and are not proud of, these were solicited responses from you because narcissists live and thrive on your emotions and your reactions. And they will do anything to solicit them. So they will push you to the point where you will blow. You'll explode. You'll start speaking profanity, you'll start cussing at them, you'll, you know, all kinds of crazy things. You may end up, you know, needing to take a substance or something to numb the pain because it's so incredibly difficult to grow up in these environments. And I use the word victim, and I don't want you to 
think that I'm calling you someone who takes a victim mentality. There's a difference. You can be a victim and not play victim. So it's important that you understand that narcissistic abuse is a 100% victimization situation. You did not enter into this contract with eyes wide open. You had no options. And um, that's actually going to be explained more when I talk about your responsibility in your adult relationships. Um, But as a child, this is criminal for a parent to bring a perfectly innocent child into this world and then to begin to brainwash them and make them respond like circus monkeys. I mean, it's, it's cruel and unusual punishment, and it should be criminal because it's child abuse. And then, as an adult, you have so much to undo. Not only do you have things to undo, you have things that you have to develop skills that you have to develop so you can function as a healthy adult in this world. And if you're not functioning as a healthy adult in this world and you come from a family like this, it's because you were not given the tools. This is the parent's responsibility. They're supposed to give you tools for life. That's their job. Just like a mama bird, you know, feeds the babies until it's time for them to feed themselves or any other animal. They take care of them until it's time for them to take care of themselves, but they teach them. In the wild, parents teach their children how to hunt so that they'll be self-sufficient. It's up to your parents to give you the tools for living so that when you get to be an adult, you can soar, you can move forward. You don't have all these setbacks. Your life is not built on a house of cards that keeps falling down. You build it, it keeps falling down. You build it, it keeps falling down. That's not your fault. But that said, it is now your responsibility to get yourself help and to gain those tools for living so you can live a better life. You can live the life that you want to live and you don't have to suffer anymore. So let's talk about now what responsibility do you have in an abusive failed relationship, marriage, something like that. Okay, once again, 100% victimization situation, and I'll tell you why. When you meet a narcissist, it is a bait and switch situation. You are not meeting the person that you are going to commit to. You are meeting a fraud. You are meeting an imposter. You are meeting a predator who wears a different mask to woo you in and get you to a point where you are addicted to them mentally, brain chemically, addicted to them and brainwashed so that you can't leave. The same thing, when, some, when, a, when someone takes you as an emotional hostage, as an adult, which is what we call relationships or marriage, but it truly is just an emotional hostage situation, they are taking you as their property. They own you. 
and you know this. You know this because you felt like this. You didn't feel like a person. You felt like you were owned, and you are in their mind. And you're not supposed to challenge them, and you're not supposed to get away from them. They've taken you, and they do what they want with you. And while you're in this relationship, again, you may do, be doing things that you're not, but when you look back, you're not proud of. But you're looking at it now from a different mindset. When you were in the middle of it, you would not have been able to see it. And anything that you've done within the confines of that relationship or marriage is all solicited from you. You are not yourself. You are not a whole individual as far as your mind goes. You are functioning on programming. And you won't know that this is happening until it's really bad. Until you can't really realize that you cannot function anymore, that you've put up with things and you can't function anymore. But whatever you've done, even, I don't want to give you passes for for doing things that are morally untrue, but I want you to be able to forgive yourself if you have done these things. And if you've had an affair in the middle of something like this, because you knew you were not loved and you were desperate for somebody to give you attention, desperate for somebody to compliment you or tell you that you have value. You didn't do this. If this is not your typical personality, if you're not somebody that would do this normally, you have to understand that you did this because you were being suppressed and oppressed in the worst possible way. So what responsibility do you have for the abusive relationship? Well, you don't have an, any responsibility for getting into it. And you don't have any responsibility for staying in it. It doesn't mean that you can't work your way out of these things. Or maybe once you know the pattern of the narcissist and you can recognize it to not allow this to happen to you again, but if this is if you've been caught up with a narcissist and you didn't know who these monsters are and the next thing you know you're madly in love with someone who is abusing you that's bait and switch you did not ask for that in a normal relationship you get to know the person you meet the person the real person the person that you're going to grow with the person who says they care about you and love you, and really, and they really do. Nothing the narcissist says is true. They don't love you, and they don't care about you, your property. And this is really hard to accept. It's hard to accept that you may have spent years with someone who said they loved you, you believe they loved you, but they had no, sorry, no capacity for doing so. They can't love. They don't love your children. They don't love you. And I'm not saying that to hurt you. I'm saying that because there is no possible way for a narcissist, I should say someone with narcissistic personality disorder, 
no possible way for them to ever love. They cannot ever feel that emotion. And they cannot have empathy. They don't have it. It just isn't there. So whatever you've imagined along the way has been nothing but an illusion. It's not real. So you got into this relationship or emotional hostage situation, not with eyes wide open, but with eyes closed shut. Okay? And so once you're in it, it's really hard to leave it. And that brings me to question three. Why did I put up with the abuse for so long? I feel so stupid. Why would I have done that? I look back. I see what I did. Why would I have done that? Well, I just explained why. Because when you're in it, there's a veil over your eyes. You cannot see the truth. You are blinded to the truth of what you're in. And though you may have moments where it peeks through and you can look back and say, see, I recognized it there. I see it there. I knew it. Well, what happens is when you're, with, when you're in a relationship where you trust the person that you're having this relationship with and something doesn't feel right to you, you bring, in, bring it to their attention. So you may have seen something and been upset about it and brought it to the attention of the narcissist only to be told, you're crazy, you're making it up. Why, why do you keep going there? Why are you so sensitive? Or what you saw you didn't see, what you heard you didn't hear, or what happened did not happen. And there's only so many times that this can happen where you approach this person with what you're truly feeling and you're basically told you're wrong, you're blind, you, you don't know what you're talking about, After a while, you don't care anymore. It's not worth the fight. So you stop fighting. And you just learn to put up with it. But you don't have another perspective. You don't understand that there's a way out. You don't understand that you don't have to stay in a relationship like this. There's many reasons why you think you might. Maybe finances, maybe children, maybe religion. You don't want to break up a marriage. But if you're with a narcissist in a relationship, adult relationship, the narcissist will never change. So you need to pat yourself on the back. You need to give yourself high fives for having gotten out of this relationship and to be here listening to what I'm sharing with you because you're out or you're about to get out. So you have woken up. But even when you wake up, you still need support because of cognitive dissonance. You're go- you're neuropathways are so dug in, they're so grooved in, that it's very hard to think a different way. This has been done to your brain. You've been trained, conditioned to think a certain way. And to think a different way, even when you know you're supposed to, is very, very difficult. It takes, 
it's not something that you can do by yourself. You must work with someone who can help you, who understands this and who can help you to reframe things so that you can get change these neuropathways, change the way that you think and get back to the person that you have every right to be. There's no point in feeling stupid for this because there's not one person who's come to me who's been in an adult narcissistic relationship or hostage situation that has not said that exact thing. I feel so stupid. Why did I put up with this? I feel stupid. I'm smart. I'm successful. I knew better. Why did I do this? You didn't know better. Maybe you knew better before you got into this relationship. But then again, if you've never dealt with a narcissist and you don't know what to look for, you walked in blindly. You trusted. You trusted that a person that showed you such attention and affection and praise you trusted that they meant it. Why would they not mean it? And they're so good. They're such good actors and actresses that it feels very real in the beginning. And that's how they suck you in. Love bombing. That's what love bombing is. Love bombing is so powerful that it's nearly impossible to escape from it unless you know what love bombing is, and you recognize it when it's happening. So you'll know better for next time. Hopefully, if you get the help you need to heal from what happened to you, and you get the tools you need to live a healthy life, and you get the warning signs of what to look for in the future so you don't do this again, it's not like this is just going to go away. It's not, it won't go away. And you will repeat the pattern over and over and over again. Most people come to me after about their third narcissistic relationship. The first two, they just keep thinking, okay, well, I'll, I'll get over it. And then they go into someone else and they go into the same kind of relationship, not realizing that they have. Because often, if you've been with a, an overt narcissist, then you won't recognize a covert one. They're very different in their approach or vice versa. If you've been with a covert narcissist, then you're going to be looking for that in everyone that you date. And when you don't see it and you see somebody that's over it, you'll be like, okay, good. I'm good here. But you have to understand it's all the same kind of abuse. It's just dished out very differently. And so it's important that you work with somebody like me who can help you and give you the straight answers to this to help you, your mind to see this clearly, see how it began, see what got you stuck in it, see what happened to you while you were stuck in it, and to help you change those things about yourself once and for all so you don't do this again because you don't want to do this again, do you? You definitely don't. But you will. There's, it's guaranteed that you will if you don't completely heal yourself from whatever one you got out of. Super important. And I'm not trying to solicit business for myself. I'm, not, I'm telling you this from the goodness of my heart, that there's no other way to do this. 
you cannot do this on your own. You cannot do this on your own because of the cognitive dissonance. Because every time you try to think a different way, your brain is going to hijack you back to the old way of thinking. Every time. And you'll never get out of that loop. So, okay. Um, Again, if you're listening to this show live and you would like to call in, comment, ask a question, feel free. The number is 424-220-1801. Perhaps you're just listening. And there's a lot of good information here, so I hope you're taking notes and, or you, that you'll listen to this again. But don't be afraid to ask a question because what you have to ask, everybody else wants to hear it. So don't be afraid. And I don't bite. <laughs> so um, feel free to call in. Okay, question four. If I go no contact with my narcissistic abuser, I will hurt the person. And I will feel so guilty about doing it. So how do I do this? I don't want to hurt anybody. I've been hurt. I know what it feels like to be hurt. I don't want to hurt anybody. Okay. Here's the straight answer to that. You cannot hurt a narcissist. You can create narcissistic injury through not agreeing with the person, mildly not agreeing, just not even just saying, well, maybe we could try this way or have you thought about this or anything that you're saying where you are not 100% following along like a lemming. (laughs) Um, This is considered criticism and criticism is what makes narcissists rage and understand they may not be loud ragers they may be silent ragers so silent raging is called pernicious raging it means that they sulk it means that they go and give you the silent treatment which is sometimes worse than the loud raging but they're both pretty bad and they're scary And you want them to stop. So that's the only way that you can hurt a narcissist, through narcissistic injury. Leaving a narcissist is not going to hurt them. It's going to enrage them. Because you're property. You're stealing property from them. They do not see you as a person. They see you as an object a pawn on a chessboard that they can move around any way they want. You are theirs to do whatever they want with. And how dare you leave them? How dare you even think about leaving them? So you can't hurt them. You can anger them, but it's a very different thing. You're not going to hurt their feelings because they don't have any. What normally happens when you express feelings that you want to leave or, um, or even start pulling away from them, 
what normally happens is the narcissist, they're very intuitive. They can feel the change in you. And so they get scared, not because they want, are afraid of losing you, but they are afraid of you stealing their object from them, their object that they do whatever they want with. They don't want that stolen. It's not about you. You could substitute anybody in for yourself. It would not make a difference. So they will get angry, furious, but it's not about love. It's not about wanting. It's not about missing you. It's about you taking something from them. Sometimes they will cry. Now, narcissists, you've got to understand this. Narcissists are consummate actors and actresses. They can fake anything. They can burst into tears anytime they want to. If they think that's going to manipulate you, they will. They will cry. They will plead. They will say, I love you. They will say, We'll go to couples counseling, even though you've asked for the last 10 years. And they've said, no, 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 no. Now all of a sudden they're willing to go. They're not willing to go. They're desperate. You are a drug. They need you. They go into withdrawal without narcissistic supply. And you are narcissistic supply. And they don't want to lose that. They don't want to go into withdrawal. So they'll do anything. They'll say anything. But they don't mean it. The best predictor of past, of future behavior is past behavior. Look at what they've done in the past. Look at how many times you've said the same thing and they have not responded or they told you you're crazy or shut up or leave me alone. I've heard this a million times or whatever. Now all of a sudden they're listening. It's not because they're getting it and it's not because they're afraid to lose you. It's because they're afraid to lose what they get from you. There is no you in their eyes. And once you sever a relationship with a narcissist, it's as if you never existed. There is no nostalgia, memories, nothing. There's nothing. It could be 30 years of being with a narcissist. There's nothing there. They don't care. They don't notice you. You mean zippo to them. You mean absolutely nothing. So hurting them is impossible. And if you want to think about it in terms of who the narcissist truly is, which is nothing but a false self, a facade, a fantasy, a person, a thing that they put out there in public that's not who they truly are, but it gets them what they need. You can't hurt a thing. You can't hurt a piece of paper. You can't hurt a movie screen. You can't, it's like a, like a virtual person. You were having a virtual relationship and you broke up with a virtual person. That's exactly what it's like. You can't hurt that person. They're virtual. They don't have feelings. They may sound like it because they've been programmed to sound like it. But they don't have feelings. You can't hurt them. And furthermore, the narcissist default the job of the false self is to never let the true self 
feel any discomfort. Never. That's the job. So it's as if they have this army all around them that never lets them get hurt. The false self will never let the true self get hurt. That's its job for a lifetime. That's what it's there to do. You cannot hurt a narcissist. So take whatever worry you have that you're going to hurt them and put it back on compassion for you. Worry about you for once. You're not going to hurt them. Okay, I'm going to talk about question five, but I just want to give you one more opportunity. We have about 15 minutes left. I want to give you one, one more opportunity to call in if you want. If you don't, that's fine. I have plenty to say to you. Okay. The number is 424-220-1801 if you'd like to call in. And keep this number handy because you may want to call in next time. Maybe after you listen to the show, you'll have some questions or comments, and you'll want to share them with me. You can always email them to me. That's fine. Email them to loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. You can always email that to me. But you may want to ask me something next time. So keep the number handy. Okay. Before going no contact or taking a break from your abuser, should you explain why you're doing it? And how do you explain why you're doing it? The only reason that you would do this, that you would need to explain anything, is because you feel guilty about what you're doing. And what you're doing is trying to take care of yourself. That's the only thing you're doing. You are not trying to hurt anybody. Going no contact with somebody is a very hard thing to do, and it's a last-ditch effort. It's the last thing you do when you've tried everything else, when everything else has been exhausted. That's when you're going to go no contact because you have no more things to try. But in the time that you've been with this person, how many times have you voiced your pain, your suffering? How many times have, they, have you told them to stop doing something because it hurt you? How many times have you said that? I guarantee it's probably in the hundreds or thousands. You have said it and said it, and said it. But you haven't been heard. Because if you'd been heard, things would have changed. Or you would have known that you've been heard, and they would say, well, that's not going to happen. So you've said it, and you've said it, and you've said it. How many times do you need to say it? Let me tell you something. Narcissists are extremely conscious of what they're doing. Hyper-aware of everything that they do. They know that they're destroying you. And if you leave, they may say, I didn't know how you never said anything. Why didn't you say something? We could have worked this out. Wrong, 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 wrong. This again is them feeling desperate because they're getting ready to go through withdrawal from narcissistic supply and they don't want to feel that. They don't want to lose that drug. They don't want to go through withdrawal. It hurts. It's, it's so uncomfortable for them. They don't want to. They will say and do anything to keep you there, which is why once you've made that decision to go no contact, 
You need to just do it and not talk about it, not explain it, because guess what's going to happen? You're going to be talked right back into going back into that relationship. And then you're going to be stuck again. And it's going to be a while before you get the courage to try to do this again. When you're ready to go, you're ready to go. When you know you have exhausted everything, you have tried everything that you could do to help this relationship get better, to make this person see how much you're suffering. When you get to that point, there's nothing more to say. And you don't have to say it. And you don't have to explain it. You just have to go. Because at this point, you are in survival mode. This is about you. You are not trying to hurt anyone. You are not even trying to hurt your abuser. You're only trying to save yourself. And that's why I say you're in survival mode. You're, only doing, you're doing the only thing you can do once you realize that this is never going to change. It's never going to get better and you're never going to be happy. You're doing the only thing you can do Tried and tried and tried, I mean beyond tried, to make this better. You have done everything. You have bent over backwards. You have walked on eggshells. You've tried to do it a certain way that they say you should do it, only to find out that's wrong because no matter what you do, even if they tell you they want it a certain way, it's always wrong. It's always wrong. It's always wrong. No matter what you do, you're wrong. You can't get it right. You can't make the person happy because... Narcissists, just like they cannot love and they cannot, they do not have empathy, they cannot be happy. So if you spent 30 years trying to make somebody happy and you realize now, no matter what I do, I'm not making this person happy, that's because you never could. You have no capability to do that because they cannot be happy. They're never happy. And anything that you do for them only lasts for, it lasts while it's happening. The minute you stop doing that, it's as if you've done nothing for them before. Nothing, you, they, they retain nothing. You gain no brownie points, nothing. It doesn't last. So you're always trying to make them happy. And, I, and you've got to ask yourself, how can I make a person happy who has no ability to be happy. I don't mean, you know, they have a hard time being happy or that they're depressed. I don't mean that. I mean no ability to be happy. None, zero, cannot be happy. They may use the word happy. They're not happy. They cannot be happy. So what are you doing? What are you trying to explain? This is for your own guilt. And why do you need to feel guilty? So if you're feeling guilty about leaving somebody who has almost totally destroyed you, how does that make any sense? It makes no sense. You've got to get away. You've got to run away. You know, narcissists are in the same category as psychopaths and sociopaths. So sometimes to drive this picture home, 
so you can really understand what I'm talking about. Because when you hear narcissist, it doesn't sound that dangerous. It is very dangerous. Narcissists and psychopaths and sociopaths are the same disorder. They just are motivated by different things. Narcissists are motivated by narcissistic supply, adoration, adulation, and attention. They're motivated by that. Everything they do is in pursuit of that. Sociopaths and psychopaths don't care. Narcissists think it's fun, too. They really do. They like to hurt people. They think it's fun. But I want you to understand, if, if you went to a psychologist or psychiatrist and you were told you were living with a psychopath, would you try to explain why you're leaving? No. You'd run for your life. And that's why I'm telling you, when you're ready to leave your narcissist, that's exactly what you have to do. You have to run for your life. It's the only thing you can do. You owe no explanations, not even to the people who ask you about it. The only people you need to be discussing this with is the professionals that are helping you with myself or a divorce coach that specializes in this kind of abuse. They're the only people you need to talk, talk to about this because everyone will confuse you. Narcissistic abuse is counterintuitive. Everything about it is backwards. Your logic will not serve you well at all in regard to narcissistic abuse. Not at all. Logic does not work here because it's an illogical disorder. It makes no sense. The things narcissists do make no sense. It's just all about protecting the true self. That's all it is. Everything is about protecting the true self. They don't care about anybody or anything. And I've looked in all the years that I've been doing this work, I have tried to find one redeeming quality to a narcissist. Just one. I can't. There is none. They have no redeeming qualities. There's nothing good about a narcissist. Nothing at all. They can't get be- cannot get better. They can't be helped. You certainly cannot help them. And once you wake up to the fact that you are in the web of one, you got to fight like hell to get out of it. You don't have a choice. There is no choice here. Just think about it as being with a psychopath. Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was the nicest guy you could ever want to meet. He was a psychology major. He worked on a a crisis helpline, hotline. So can they have other faces? Absolutely. You know, the narcissist has no self-identity. There is none. You can't say Joe has this personality because Joe doesn't have a personality. Joe creates a persona for every situation he is in. 
he does it. He creates the persona for what he needs to solicit. It's always about narcissistic supply, and he solicits it different. And the way he is with you in a relationship is not the way he was in a previous relationship, and it's not the way he's going to be in the next relationship because he customizes abuse to what you tell him in the the love bonding stage. You give him all the intel at that point, and that's how he knows how to hurt you. So he's different in every single relationship. So the last thing I'll leave you with is this quote. Never wrestle with pigs. You both get dirty and the pigs like it. (laughs) There you go. Thanks for tuning in today uh, to listen to Find Time for Healing and um, may joy and serenity always be yours. I'm always here if you want to reach out for help. You will not invest years of working with me maybe months, and then you'll be good to go. I promise you I work very quickly. Don't suffer. I don't want you to suffer. You don't have to suffer. That's what I'm here for. Reach out. And you can always go to my website, randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. Everything I do is there, including ways to make an appointment. You can do a free discovery call with me. You can book it right there from my site. So we can talk for about 20 minutes and you can hear what I have to say to you and decide if you want to work with me. Do you want to feel better? Because I know I can help you feel better. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. And be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.